ladies and gentlemen, it's, uh, it's been a while, but we're back. It's been a while since we last recorded our podcast, but we are back here talking a little bit of Champions League, or as I should say, what the title of the pod is going to be, the uh, new UEFA Super League that they uh, so desperately wanted is finally, finally here. All the teams in the round of 16 are from the top five leagues in Europe. Now, all these teams are obviously really good, um, but... I don't know. This, there are a lot of teams in here that are kind of still toss-ups, um, but there are a lot of a lot of good good ties and whatnot. But as always, you know, um, it's been a couple of weeks. We want to see how uh, how we're doing. So, Rian, how you been? I'm exhausted. I'm I'm just drained from last week. So I want to see how, what you've been up to. Oh, I mean, I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling pretty refreshed. Honestly, uh, this is well, a, this fun. is a pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Um, pretty relaxing weekend for the most part uh i went to philadelphia on friday night i was there for probably like 16 hours basically just went to just went to see a friend uh, on like basically their last weekend in philly and then i came back saturday afternoon and did not do anything for the rest of the weekend well yeah didn't really leave, didn't leave my apartment that much for, for the rest of the weekend so i was just so tired and it was actually very refreshing on Sunday to wake up and not um, feel hungover or just <laughs> not have gone to bed at like 4 a.m. the night before. You'd actually get like pretty decent night of sleep and was the most productive I've been on a Sunday, I think, since moving here. I did like a bunch of laundry and they helped. Well, we cleaned the apartment just a little bit, and then <laughs> it became yeah, yeah, clean. And then and then it was pretty dirty by the end of the night again. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, it was a good productive weekend, honestly. Yeah, I mean, you're one of the few people who do not did not wake up on Sunday hungover after SantaCon in uh, <laughs> in the city. Um, and I watched the John Oliver did like a five minute skit on SantaCon um, and basically just shit on it for the entire time. It was really, really funny. Uh, but no, I, I was at SantaCon on Saturday. It was a very good time. Um, I will see if I do it again. <laughs> it took a lot out of me, but would highly recommend if you're ever in the city for the holidays. Um, city in the holidays is always a really, really fun time. But I came back right in the middle, basically in the middle of it. I came back in the afternoon oh. and it was when people were still out for the most part and stuff and just seeing <laughs> all those people while like in a taxi uh through like uh, the streets of manhattan and stuff it was the last thing i wanted to do was go back outside <laughs> after i saw that like as i went to bed on friday night i went to bed at like 4 a.m so that's why like that wake up was pretty horrible and then seeing all those people and i was like the last thing i want to do is go back outside my apartment tonight so see everyone made me want to stay inside honestly (laughs) yeah by the time saturday night rolled around i think i was i was dead and sunday was very much like a slow day it was my it was my chill day for the week but i'm uh i'm actually off from work this week so i get to uh enjoy a little bit of the uh niceties of life outside of actually going into my very corporate establishment every day <laughs> and uh, and chilling at home for every a little bit. Every day? You, you work from home like, at least two days a week. All right. Well, okay. Three day, Fine. Three days where I'm at home not working. Jeez. All right. 
Um, but we're going to talk a little bit of the UEFA Super League. Um, it's, it's, all right, relax with that, all right? Okay. So first, first off, it's the first time it's ever happened in the competition's history. Right. Okay, it's the first time that it's, it's been... It's the inaugural Super League. <laughs> it's the first time that all of the 16 teams are from Europe's Power 5, but... Honestly, at this point, we're still calling France a power like league. Okay, sure. I mean, that's that's a stretch at this point. <laughs> calling France a power like a top power league in the world. But honestly, what what do you want? What do you want to see? Do you want? I mean, honestly, I would take Ajax over Valencia in this sixteen. But you know, if if uh, Ajax had just gotten their business done at home against Valencia. <laughs> Where literally all they had to do was not lose at home, they would have been in, and then no one would have been like being upset about this. So, I mean, I remember, I think I was listening last week to a couple of podcasts. I was just like, "Oh, this is it. This is like the um, the like bastardization of football, and like, oh, this is like." This is when the money like wins and stuff. Like, sorry, it's 2019. <laughs> the money went out a long time ago, and and I don't know, I don't know what you, I don't know what you want to see. And you, you want to see like an Austrian team? I would have loved to see Salzburg in it. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, ultimately, if a team like Salzburg was in the last 16, right? All that would have happened is they probably end up getting beat like 6-1 in aggregate like if they have to play like a Man City or something although Salzburg is not a great example because they actually did I do mean, fairly well but yeah but but a team from one of those leagues that are just not as prominent and stuff so let's say they make it and then lose like 6-1 in aggregate and then all I'll end up saying is oh well what's the point of even having these teams in the league <laughs> or like what's the point like this is all this is all like stupid anyway like People would have, been, would have been upset now, or they would have been upset three months from now when yeah. all those teams that are not in those Power Five, comp, whatever Power Five leagues, just got destroyed. <laughs> like, they would have been saying the same basic thing. So, I don't know. Me personally, I'm all about no socialism in sports, dude. Like, just. These are the leagues that make the most money because they have the best players. Like it's really that simple. Granted, at the same time, these leagues do kind of siphon off all the good players from, like, an, like take Erling Holland for example. He's doing very well. He's a young player, and as soon as he does very very well for a team that's not in one of these major these most popular leagues then immediately he's linked with them and then sooner or later not even later it's usually sooner that they end up going to one of these massive clubs and stuff and yeah that kind of sucks because it does feel like they're just using these like other leagues for farms basically and stuff which which is disappointing and theoretically but it's kind of just like these are the leagues that receive the most attention receive the most talent the most and money. it's and it's and it's and also because like these are the the countries themselves are the ones that produce the best talent too i mean 
I know that like the Netherlands historically great great country, but it's not like all their their teams in um, in the Eredivisie are like fantastic. Like like yeah, like, you know these are, these are just the least, these are just the countries right now that it's that usually produce the best players. Right. Like, it'll it'll know, continue um, to change, right? Yeah. Like, as as we go through the several next years and decades, like it's not going to stay consistent. I get what you're saying, but it's interesting that you bring up the point of like in three months people would be upset if like a Salzburg or something like that was knocked out because well, they, yeah, if they were just like destroyed, right, which, which, right. Which, very possible that could happen. Right? I would say it would probably be likely if they did make it through, but like, like you said, this is the first time this has happened. Like, it's not. This isn't the norm, if you will. And if we had a team like a, a you know, like Salzburg or something like that in here, then they would be here because they deserve it, not because yeah. you know, not yeah. because they just managed to oh skimp their way through la la da da like. They were put in a position where every other had to, every other team had to win out, and they managed to do that over everyone else. So it's not—I don't know—I I, I see your point. No, and this is not to—I mean, I'm in no way defending UEFA in this sense. <laughs> this is not to say like at the begin, like the whole root of this competition is basically to get these massive teams. More money. It, it, that really is what it is because if they really wanted to have it be any sort of risk for these massive clubs, they wouldn't do the group stage. Like the group stage wouldn't be round robin. Like the six games is purely to ensure that the best, the biggest clubs are in the competition because over six yeah, games over six they're six not games. gonna <laughs> talent shows. Yeah. yeah. So you know, obviously, this is more or less. It is. It is. Their response to like what these teams wanted years ago, where they wanted more of the pie because they produced a lot of the revenue, and they wanted to have a league where it's only the big, big clubs. And this was UEFA's response to that. And obviously, there's always talk about whether this is enough for them. And over the last couple of years, we've seen more and more. Reports and more and more rumors about clubs trying to start, and obviously you have trying to start a uh, super league, and obviously you have some owners even uh, putting some gasoline on the fire in terms of like using Florentino Perez with his comments on on uh, on the potential super league and stuff. So not trying to absolve UEFA of trying to make sure that all of these teams are in this position because, yes, this is what they wanted, 100%. Like, this is the point of, of why there's six games to play in the group stage and why, for the most part, the top two in each group are the clubs that make the most money in, the, in those groups. Yes. So there's a reason. Yeah. There's, there's a reason that, that that's how it ends up being set up pretty much, that there's usually usually like two very very big teams and usually not three and there's and pretty much only one group a year is like that right but to say that anything i mean it's just i just think it's it's such a mute point to like even complain about it at this point <laughs> it's such a mute point i want to see these, i want to see good games here in the in the uh, knockout stages and the last 2 years 
the Naga Sages have been fantastic, and the group stage games this year were really good. Like so, I just I'm not gonna complain about that because there's so there's it's not enough time in the day, and and really it's of, of all things, you know. <laughs> on a granular level, granular level of like complaining about the groups like happen to shake out this way, it's not really something that I'm gonna try to harp on and and really be upset about, and just not in my mindset at all. I don't, I don't really, I just don't. I understand the the uh, the problems, but you know, it, not- it is it is what it is. <laughs> like there's. There's not much that's gonna change. You're not gonna start making these clubs, making like someone like a PSG, Man City, and stuff, give some of their revenue to, say, I don't even know, like a Wolves or something like that, right? Like give their. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure. Of, yeah. Not even like, because I'm sure what maybe people would want ultimately is something like what happens in the U.S. with with our sports, where the revenue is split evenly between everyone, right? And, I mean, you see in in England, like, the TV revenue is split evenly between everyone and stuff, but, you know, in the U.S. you'll have, in every major sport, the, like, jerseys and um, the merchandising revenue, No, even though, the like, let's say the Los Angeles Lakers get more revenue in terms of merchandise than anyone else in NBA... It's still split evenly. It's all pulled together with the teams and split evenly between that. And that's just not. That's obvious. That's something that I'm sure purists of the of you know football purists would like to see happen in in, um, it will in European football, but it won't. It it's will not. So it, there's it's no reason to really. Right. <laughs> it's right. yeah. Well, while we'll never probably see a a situation where non top teams don't win the Champions League essentially um, or make it very far um, other than your you know your IX of last year essentially uh, those type of teams we still have some pretty good matchups in the round of 16 obviously given that they're from top five leagues um, as we've just talked about but these are the matchups as follows they were drawn this morning before I think either of us were awake I thought it was actually in the afternoon but turns out it was in the early morning hours for us and so it's Dortmund PSG Real Madrid Man City Atalanta Valencia, Atletico Liverpool, Chelsea Bayern, Leon Juventus, Tottenham Leipzig, and Napoli and Barcelona. So those are the ties for the eight games. Is there any, I guess, particular tie that stands out to you here? I mean, we were talking a little bit before we started recording, but I kind of pointed out Real and Man City as the the tie that interests me the most just from the um, the personal storylines and kind of what's at stake for both teams, but is there another another one in there as well that might draw your attention? No, I mean I think Madrid and City are that's the glamour tie of the eight. Like that's going to be the one that's going to have the most people watching anyway. I think that'll be that'll be the that the easy choice for you know what's the biggest of all these eight. But there's a lot of different combinations here than than we've seen in the past because. I know, like, as a fan of Chelsea, like, I was just kind of expecting that we'd get either PSG or Barcelona again, like, because that's pretty much who we've gotten the last... We've gotten PSG. We got PSG three years in a row at some point in the in the um, competition. So, you know, playing PSG again would have... Would have been cool, I guess, but, you know, it, I would have wanted to see something different. Um, 
you see Dortmund and PSG, that's those teams we have not seen play each other in the Champions League before. So that that's going to be a fun one. Uh, and then obviously you have you know, Leon Juventus, although Leon actually probably have to be the weakest of the 16 now with Memphis Depay tearing his yeah, ACL. That's huge. You know, that's now that's that, that's the easiest team to play against of, of all these 16 um, purely because they're best players now out. Right. So right. that's unfor- that's really unfortunate for him and especially with the Euros coming up. He's, for Netherlands it's a loss. I mean, too. he's he was the starting number nine Basically, the starting yes. number nine. He started. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, he didn't play. He's not a real number. Not he's not. traditional. <laughs> not traditional number nine, but he's started in that position for them. So that's a big blow to them. I mean, Napoli, Barcelona. That should be a fun one. You know what the the best um, storyline out of that is? Manolas, the uh, the Roma hero from uh, from two years ago. Um, of course, as everyone knows, knocked Barcelona out in Rome. Um, proceeded to transfer to Napoli, and uh, now we're playing him again. So I can't wait to see how that goes in the first <laughs> leg when we're uh, away in Naples. But yeah, continue. That <laughs> <laughs> But I think this draw just produced some really fresh matchups. You know, we'll see how great they are. I think a couple that I'm very, very interested in outside of, you know, obviously my own team's going going back to the place they won the Champions League final seven years ago. It'll be fun. Um, at Letico and Liverpool, that's the first one I want to start with. So we know how great Liverpool is at exactly what, Elias? What, what is their best, what is their Best quality as as a team. What are they known for? I mean, their attacking flair would be my answer, right? Like their front three. Is that is that what the answer you were looking for? More specific. I was like playing style wise. Oh, counter attacking. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So so that. Oh, I see. I see what. Yeah, I see where you're going. Yeah. That is Liverpool's best strength is when they're they're running at you and you're on your back foot and everything's a little confused and you're mm-hmm. trying to get you try to scramble to get players back. Which team in Europe is better at <laughs> just not allowing that to happen? Right? I, I forget I forget which exactly Champions League game it was for Atletico. Um, it might have been the third or fourth, the third or fourth game of the group stage. But there's a clip where. The team they're playing is literally in, or sorry, Atletico is in their opponent's box, and they lose the they lose the ball, and a counterattack has begun, and eight Atletico players are sprinting back, full steam ahead, just getting back on to stop the counter, and they get eight men back in like six seconds, and, and it's just completely <laughs> neutralized. Like the, yeah. nothing comes to the counterattack. So this year, yeah, yeah, I remember. That. Yeah, and so so of all teams, like who who is going to be better at not allowing Liverpool to play that way to to counterattack them? Right. I I still think obviously there'll be some real matchup problems probably on the wings and stuff. Yeah, Trippier, Trippier, Trippier yeah. has become a better defender, I think, under uh, under Simeone. But you know that's still going to be probably where they look to attack Lodi, and that is where Liverpool looks to attack anyway. Is on the wings, but yeah. And then Lodi, I think, has been has had a good season for for Lodi, but it's it's 
He's still trying to. He's not a starter. Yeah, Simeone, and he hasn't solidified. And he was brought team. in basically to play on that left side. Like, yeah, and and then I don't, I don't know if they found the answer to their left back question yet. No, I, I don't think they have. In, so. in the same way that they still think that they have issues in midfield with Lamar, who has not been nearly up to up to speed to where he should be. Um, but yes, Lodi has not played the way that Simeone has wanted to, but it will be very interesting to see how not Trent versus Trippier in this case, but performance wise, how they both individually do. Cause they're so good when it comes to attacking. Um, but one of them is much better defensively. Um, and it, Trippier will need to be better defensively than, than Trent in this case, when you have the Liverpool front three coming at you with Salah obviously regaining his form essentially. Um, and Mane being in my opinion, the best player in the Premier League this season thus far. That's a totally different debate. Don't, don't say a word, but that is a totally different thing. Um, but my point is that Atleti will have their hands full defensively. It will not be easy because they haven't been up to the defensive caliber that they should be. But I think the fact that they have not scored as many goals and won as many games as they have this season has kind of magnified that issue um, because they have clearly conceded goals, but they're not leaking goals. It's not like their defense is wide open. It's not like Diego Godin left a gaping hole, but there's a hole and it's decreased in quality, but you still have, I guess, echoes of... Diego Simeone's side in terms of identity and whatnot, um, and you can kind of see that in in the team still to this day. Yeah, I, I mean, I honestly think that they've defensively been pretty good. Still, I, I don't, I don't think they've really missed a beat on uh, defensively. They're they've given up only ten goals in the league, which is the best in Spain right now. And on top of that, their expected goals allowed is also the best by about almost four goals. They're at 12.85, and second is Hitafe at 16.3. So I don't think there's really a problem with defense because, again, that is the easiest part for Simeone, mm-hmm. right? Because that, a lot of that is just drilling discipline into the team, and they're still very, very disciplined. And right. the problems for them come with finishing chances because it's not... I know we've said that that they haven't looked as fluid as we would have liked them to. Although, you know, we saw in the game against Barca just two weeks ago, they they looked pretty good for a lot of that game, and they yeah. you would probably admit they were the better team for most of that oh, game, oh yeah, sure. <laughs> and Absolutely. and just lost out to the the best <laughs> the best player in the world. Like that was that was really all it was. It, you know, a, a moment of. Brilliance that LA doesn't have a player quite at that level right now, so they so they couldn't get bailed out, you know. Exactly. So, you know, exactly. so that that was really the problem in that match. But they're creating chances. They're third in expected goals in Spain, yet they've only scored eighteen goals. Their difference between expected goals and actual goals scored is the greatest gap of any team in Spain. Yeah. It it's. Their expected goals are about 29 and a half, and they've scored 18. (laughs) So, like, they're not finishing chances, and that's the problem. And and as great as Liverpool has been, we can also say the same. They're not 
invincible defensively. Defensively, they have not been for sure impenetrable, and and their problems, a lot of their problems, come on the wing too for defending. So it'll be tough, but they they also play a very high line and. Atleti is not necessarily a team that is going to exploit that. Um, you would expect Morata to because he's got the he's the only one up there really with the pace to do it. Jao Felix is not usually trying to make runs in behind. That's not really his game. He's tr- he's trying to play those runs in right stuff. So, so it'll be a really interesting matchup for me because I think Atleti will be able to make it really hard for Liverpool to score. Um, and I think they'll do a great job defensively. I just don't know if they're going to be able to finish whatever <laughs> chances they do get. Because I think they'll get they'll get a couple. And they'll get a couple just because, again, I think their defense is better than Liverpool's. But Liverpool can create something almost out of nothing. And that's really the problem. That's, it's gonna be, that's really like the similar problem that they had in the game against Barca, where it's just yeah. the high-level attacking talent. They can't really match anyone right now. Yeah. You know, and, and they're they're not going to be able to do it through tactics. They're not going to be able to do it through style of play because... We I don't think they have the players for that, at least in terms of stylistically, to, to match Liverpool from a technical and technical perspective. I don't, I don't think they have that, but... They have for, well, they don't play... They don't play in a way that necessarily tries to emphasize those parts of right. their game. Yeah. Anyway, so, you know... I just think it's like pure talent wise they're not going to be able to because I mean if you take if you take the front three of Liverpool and put it on Atleti I, I think they'd be able to find ways to score goals even within a more defensive playing style but because yes. of just individual talent yeah I just don't think they I don't think right now this version of Atleti mm-hmm. and like this version of Jao Felix had 19 years old. It might be 20. I think it might be 20 now. It's 20 now. Um, Not at the level yet. So that's where they're going to be really disadvantaged in terms of this particular matchup. But I think they're going to make it really hard for Liverpool. Um, And, you know... I don't know if they'll go through. I don't know if they'll go through, but but I think they're going to make it really hard um, defensively for Liverpool. I fully agree with you. I think it's going to be a very fun tie amongst many, many others in, in this round. Um, but best of luck to both teams in, in this case because I think both of those stadiums are very hard to play at. Um, and so yeah. that that's another factor that definitely has to be taken into consideration. Um, but we'll see. Did you see another one there said that I do, caught your eye? I do want to talk about one that is certainly very near and dear to your heart. <laughs> The um, the infamous Leon no uh, the uh, Chelsea Bayern matchup is one that I actually did not expect. I mean, we were talking about how I genuinely thought I was going to wake up this morning and see Barcelona Chelsea yeah, for like yeah, the ninetieth time. Yeah, but it, I guess it didn't. I didn't happen even realize that, that, but I completely forgot that Bayern were one of like the five, I think five teams that Chelsea could have drawn. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was obviously no no English teams, um, no English teams, and then I, be- and I believe Valencia couldn't be drawn. Either. Right, right, exactly. So your your options were limited there. But how do you how do you feel first off? I guess about this specific draw. Let's let's start there. Outside of history, outside of history, um, well, just about anyone they could have drawn. I mean, of the teams that 
they could have drawn. They could have drawn PSG, Bayern, Juventus, Barcelona, or Leipzig, right? And naturally, Leipzig would be would have been quote unquote the easiest of of the um, of the possible draws, right? But even so, that would have been extremely difficult because Leipzig are leading the Bundesliga right now. Right. <laughs> like they're they're four points up on Bayern. And, I was going to say on paper they're better than Bayern. Right, right. I mean, you know, how attacking talent wise, you know, that's there. There's not um, there's not much of a debate that Bayern's attacking talent is much greater than like Leipzig's. So, so obviously there's there's nothing there, but. I think it will be at least somewhat entertaining. I mean, you have to think about the expectations coming into this season where, you know, we talked about the Champions League and stuff, and I would have been just happy to get out of the group stuff, too. I mean, that was before the draw was made and stuff, too, and then before the team actually started performing well in the group. But I have no... Expectations slash had no expectations that the team would make it to like the quarterfinals or anything. So a Leipzig here would have been fantastic, but I knew it was more likely than not. I mean, coming into the season before any game was played, I knew that more likely than not, the team we play in the round of sixteen, if we make it out of the group, was probably going to be a very very yeah. high level team. <laughs> so so and coming up against a team that will most likely field at least three players that had not played in the knockout stage of the Champions League before. Right. So, so that, that's, there's all, you have to bring perspective into it. And we've seen even in the last few weeks, we've seen how the depth has been really challenged of Chelsea. And we're seeing the results. Of, you know, they've lost four or five in the league. Mm-hmm. Found found ways to get points in the last two games of the of the Champions League when they needed them. So great job on that. But they're getting tested depth wise now, right? And you can you can see that it's taking its toll. Yeah, I mean, Pulisic started something like six or seven games in a row and was playing ninety minutes in playing at least like eighty five minutes in all of them, and you know. One of the big things to take away from their past two losses is that someone like him has looked gassed. Mm. He's looked very gassed. Um, it's just a lot of minutes. It's a lot of minutes to play. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of minutes to play consecutively. And I'm not going to get on Lampard about that because it's like you, you've seen the option. Like when he brings in other players, it hasn't been, at least lately, it hasn't gone well. So you can see the reasoning in terms of wanting to keep players, keep some players in in certain positions where you're just not as strong. So by this by this game, we'll have been past January, and Chelsea will, if no one here knows, their their ban was reduced, and so they're able to go into the January market and. Like and like, just buy a defender. Just no, just that's they're literally the only thing they need to do. I would now. I I would honestly hold off on the defender for now because I I you want to explain that because because Rudiger just came back. He just played his second game back, so. I'm you just talked about. I'm very very tough. Oh my god. 
to want to do a defender right now, I would actually rather have wing players, <laughs> at least another wing player, because there is no options outside of, there's no real options outside of the wingers that they start every week right now. Uh, Hudson Doy has not played well for the last month, so it made it pretty much impossible to start him. And when you do sub him, when you sub him in for Bulzik, he's done absolutely nothing. So their problems recently. Great, I'm not saying that the defense is fantastic, right? But they're the thing that I have been more concerned with recently is that they're not able to score <laughs> against these teams, right? Like, right. You know, that that game, they lost 1-0. That game, honestly, I at no point did I actually think that Bournemouth were going to score. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you saw the goal they scored, it was kind of, it, it was it was not a bad goal, but it was, like, it was like, it came from a corner and the guy played it back in and their defender was there and the defender just stayed on side and flicked it over his head mm. and, and, and it barely crossed the line, and and at no point did I think they wanted they're going to score. Okay? Like, I, the defense is not what I was like really upset about during that game. Is the fact that you know ninety minutes and they couldn't really create more than maybe two clear chances in the game, and and that is my biggest problem lately. Um, because even at the beginning of the season, when they were having def- defensive problems, they were at least creating chances. And, you know, and not finishing them for the most part, but they're at least creating chances, but they haven't really been doing that lately. And whether that's fatigue or, you know, not having someone who is at the level of, say, like, Eden Hazard to just kind of bail you out in games where it's just not working and stuff. I think by by then, again, they'll have done whatever business they, they do in January, so... They'll likely be in a better position depth-wise by then, but again, not going to expect. I'm not expecting much. Um, well, this was this was supposed to be a rebuilding year in, in a way, anyway. So I I don't think it's the worst idea in the world to wait until the summer, in some senses, to to do a full. Like, like analysis of what you really need, because then you'll have had the full year to analyze exactly what went wrong instead of maybe you know risk buying someone that you might regret in January, right? Like, I mean, yeah. is that is that fair to say? Yeah, exactly. Like, the only real defender that's even available now that people talk about is like Nathan Ake, who was a former Chelsea player himself. And has done well at Bournemouth for sure, but I, I just my only pet peeve with him is just it's just going to seem very odd. Is just he's literally my height and he plays center back. Is he really? Oh, I didn't know. He's five eleven. Like, like he has done well for Bournemouth, but I from. Absolutely no research, or uh, even you might say logic or <laughs> sense. It's just just a feeling. Punch, <laughs> just a feeling. You can't be like five eleven and be that great of a center back. Honestly, like, you just can't be because you're not going to out jump people. <laughs> who are you out? Like, who is he out jumping? Honestly, I mean, I, I personally feel attacked by this, but sure, <laughs> go on. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, I, I, that's like that. Are, those are the options, really, for defenders. So, 
I don't want to spend like I don't want them to spend a bad amount of money on like a defender that is probably not necessary. And also, center backs not exactly the biggest concern there. If they go for a defender, it would be great for to get a fullback. But you know. But I don't don't want to harp too much on on the Chelsea stuff. But the the game itself will be great. Bayern, yes, they are not sitting in first in uh, the Bundesliga. Yes, they are not finishing. They are not sitting in second. They are not even in top four right now in Germany. But, you know, they're... Oh, I thought they were four points. They're actually six points off. They're six points off first at the moment and sitting behind four teams. So they're not... They're not... They're not an indestructible team. Their attacking talent is unbelievable, and they are very top-heavy at the moment and will potentially be facing a team that is also extremely (laughs) top-heavy. So the game itself might be very entertaining, but um, no, I don't don't have... My expectations are very low for this game, right? So... What I mean, it, okay. If your expectations are low, then what's a success for you? Is it is it is it getting out of the the going success, the, the, the success so, has already been reached. For this, for the, <laughs> the success is making it out of the group. Honestly, and so this has been a successful Champions League season for this season. For this particular season, it's already a success because again, like I said, you you had six players, six plus players who play their first Champions League minutes this season, right? Yeah. And you have just around the same amount of players who are playing their first Champions League minutes for the team, for this for Chelsea this season too, right? So the expectation was hopefully we get out of the group and we got lucky with the, the group that we had because you know, we could have gotten unlucky and, and been in a group of death situation very easily because we kind of well, we didn't backdoor our way in because they finished we finished third anyway. But we could have gotten an unlucky draw. So this is a success, is making it to this stage and getting the experience of playing a team this big, like this massive and, and you know. And it'll be fun anyway because <laughs> I want to hesitate to say it'll be fun. At least one of the – I would have to say at least one of the legs will be fun. Um at least the first one will be fun. <laughs> we'll see. Like, we'll see. We'll see. But I mean, the first one will be at Sanford Bridge, so that's that's the one that should be fun at least. And and then they'll get an experience to play at the Alliance. But Bayern's a fantastic team. So and they're and they're and Coutinho is doing Coutinho things, taking. F- 13 shots a game from the, from the, from the same spot. And, and recently, he's been hitting them at a higher clip. So. Yes, because he's but, in form. And, right, right, of course, of course. But we know, we know, uh, as Elias as someone who watched him play at Barca, someone who just watched him play in the Premier League, this stuff is like, he hits like six of these a season, and the fact that he's hit like three of them in the last like yeah. month means that it's, that's a very bad thing because <laughs> he's probably going to, he will keep trying these shots. And then he's going to peak, and then... Oh, this is hit. the peak. This is yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. legit, he's hit bangers for the last <laughs> two weeks. Like, this is not going to be sustainable. He's taking all these shots from like... 
20 yards out and at the corner of the 18. <laughs> like, these are, like, these are not just all going to keep going in. So, uh, but, but, but outside of him, obviously, we know the talent they have. We watched them put seven past Tottenham on a day when they basically took, like, eight shots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... You know, um, and Serge Gnabry was was literally reborn. Yeah, yeah. Serge Gnabry was scoring on every shot he took, basically. Yeah. So, um, no, they're they're, they're a fantastic team. But I don't want to don't want to spend that much more time on this. You know, I think it'll be a great experience for the Chelsea players. I think Bayern should be considered pretty massive favorites, especially especially since the second leg will be in Munich. So. From there, we'll move on to Ellis's side. And, and after Napoli Barca, I have one more match that I think that I'm very interested in. But let's, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> what do you what do you want to talk about with this one? <laughs> so we're going back to Italy is for the what for the first time since uh, Rome. in the in the knockout stage. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the knockout stages. Sorry, in the knockout stages, we're going. We're back to Italy. Obviously, I mean Naples is much, is well, not the, not the same place as Rome, but it's it's uh, <laughs> far. Yeah, yeah. But but uh, Napoli themselves are. Who knows where Napoli will be in two months? We know their situation is very weird right now. Just firing Ancelotti about two weeks after. You know, Napoli had a poor result during a, during a Serie A game. So, if people don't really know about Napoli's owner De Laurentiis, he's kind of a, a fucking crazy man. <laughs> and, 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 but but also, he's a bit of he's a bit like Daniel Levy, but with way with more flair, right? In the sense that he always tries to sell his yeah yeah. He he's very similar in terms of his valuation of his own players stuff and tries to sell. Oh my yeah. god, yeah. He so I, I listened to an interview with him a couple of weeks ago, and he was publicly saying like Koulibaly was well over ninety million. Like this is he should he's be saying this for for like, he's been saying this for like years. Yeah, too. yeah. This isn't new. Like he's just throwing numbers out like. Oh, of course he's you know X, Y, and Z player is worth way more than what they really are. But that's the type of person he is. So this is the type of player that or the type of team that we're up against. A, a team that is not properly managed, both tactically and managerially, like from a from a board level perspective. Um, it, I'm convinced that now that they let Carlo Ancelotti go. Um, if, for making the knockout rounds, might, might I add, they made the knockouts, let him go. They won four 0 in their last match, and he got fired hours afterwards. Yeah, so I'm convinced that if they make it through the quarterfinals, then they will let the whole team go, and will not have a team to play the quarterfinals with. So <laughs> that's what I'm expecting. But this this tie is really interesting for one big reason, and that's because. Barcelona are starting away in Naples for the first leg. And I think that's interesting because our away record is our outside of the Champions League in general is absolute hot garbage. Like genuine like dysentery as Rian says. And so going away to a team that is not going through the best of moments right now gives us I think an opportunity to regain that sort of confidence, especially going into uh, a Champions League in which the last two seasons have been 
riddled with absolute horror. And Less than ideal, <laughs> one might say. <laughs> I think the best way to put it, and well, this is not how I would put it, of course, but Rion, after, I remember specifically after the Liverpool game um, where we lost 4 0, you, you said. Ever since the 6-1 against PSG, the footballing gods have been absolutely giving us just cookies, if you will, a presence yeah. since, uh, since that They're happened. They're just leveling it out. I mean, the absurdity of losing 4-0 away and, and winning 6-1 on the second leg and making it through... The, the scales are just getting tipped back to level out. This all has to level out. You know, it, it's how things go in sports. And I like to think sometimes in life, too. Uh, sometimes, again. Not, definitely not all the time. But, but in sports, I like to think that everything evens itself out over a long run. Usually not over a season or something or not over like a month. But over, what is this, three years? I think this has been leveled out. So I think we're over, good, well, good now? I guess... We'll, we'll know until this, this season ends, but we'll, we'll see. You know, if it happens again this season, then I'll come back and ask you if the aggregate despair of uh, three <laughs> absolute chokes is equal to the greatest comeback in no, wait, no, 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 no. It will never be because we never we didn't win the Champions League that year anyway. So it was worth it was literally worth nothing. Like the who won it that season. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do <laughs> because oh, it was that. Oh my god! Wow, <laughs> so funny. That's fair. I, I, I legitimately forgot. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know you legitimately forgot, but I remember because they robbed it anyway. But that's besides the point. So this tie is interesting for that reason. That's what I was saying. Um, if Barcelona can go away to Naples and get even a tie out of that game, I think they've already won the tie. Uh, which is a dangerous thing to say, but I think going back to the Camp Nou with anything, anything that is a tie or above is is pretty much securing in the bag, um, just because of the a the quality of the players. I do think that Napoli are extremely well sound defensively, and I do think that having someone like Insigne up top is is absolutely a, a huge advantage, which is why I'm very scared of going to a place like Naples, which we saw Liverpool struggle at. Um, and so I'm scared of that, but I'm saying that if Barcelona can get something out of that game, then I think they're in very good hands because coming back to the Camp Nou is, is generally always difficult. The last two seasons, I would argue that some teams have not had as much difficulty, um, but when you have the best player of all time on your team, it helps immensely. So um, I'm not going to discredit that. I hope that they will make it through, but go, it's just, I don't know, going to Napoli and going to like Inter are just both very, very hard places to go. They just are. They, they are, but I, I honestly, I, I think I think you're getting... Again, things could change drastically in two months, so we can only talk about these teams as they are now. I think you're overreacting a little bit. I mean, Napoli's season has been very poor, especially in a year where they came in and they were basically like... We're trying to win. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. are. We're, we're, we're trying to win. And they come in and they've started the season five, six, and five in terms of results, right? Six, six draws, uh, five wins, five losses. And they're sitting 11 points off of fourth place in Italy. So, um, or sorry, eight points off of, no, 11, yeah. 11 points off of fourth place in Italy. And the thing I didn't finish with that story in terms of, how 
crazy De Laurentiis is, uh, the, the Napoli owner. So they had a poor result a few weeks ago. And so what he came up with was basically players, you're going to have to stay at the training ground for the next five days. And you're not allowed to go home to your families. Right? And, and which, which apparently is kind of a thing in Italy that, that I think was like more of an old school thing. Not, I don't think it really happens that often anymore but um but apparently a tactic that has has been used in the past in italy right and it's supposed to you know generate camaraderie and and you know i mean formulate some sort of siege mentality and just have the team focused and ready for the next match right so this was given as an order on sunday by wednesday all the Napoli players had decided, screw this, we're going home. And this is all while Ancelotti's still the manager. And a couple days later, Ancelotti comes down and he says, basically says, yeah, I kind of understand why they want to go home, and I didn't really try to stop them and kind of agreed with them. And ultimately, about two weeks later, he lost his job. So that was pretty much the, the beginning of the end for him once he went against the madman De Laurentiis, right? Um... They have internal problems with their players. So you have Dries Mertens, who's coming to the end of his contract, right? And you have Koulibaly, whose contract ends in 2021. Right? So for the first time, is in a position where he can't be just... Be crazy? Yeah, he can't, well, he can't be crazy in terms of if these players want to leave... He can't stop them. He can't hold out for prices. Like, this summer... Koulibaly is most likely gone because he's one year left on his contract. If he hasn't extended it by now, he's likely not going to extend it in the summer, right? right? And and at that point, you can't be a fucking lunatic and be like, he's 90 million euros. <laughs> like, no one's paying that for a, for someone on, with one year left on the contract. They're, that's just horrible negotiation <laughs> tactics if, if you do actually pay out that right. money, right? But they're in a... They're in, so much turmoil, right? They're talent-wise, this should be it. It should, on paper, be a tough matchup, and I'm sure that probably going to Naples, they're gonna the players themselves are probably gonna get themselves up for it, playing against Barcelona at home and stuff. So there's that, but there's an underlying thing of of there's a lot of problems with them. There's their their problems are. I know it's hard to believe, but greater than yours. <laughs> yeah, right. Dude, my, my coach is pretty trash. It's just, it's a shame they don't really have any coach right now. So yeah, right. That's a difference. <laughs> right. So I think ultimately, again, always disclaiming who knows what will be two months from now, but I think ultimately it's more of a favorable draw, more of a favorable one than than you might expect, right? On paper, it looks tough, but the Napoli is also in their own sort of shit show right now, too. So with that, I hope I've quelled your fears a little bit there, Elias. You've, you've quelled my fears, but my, my entire fear with this tie will not be quelled until after the first leg. Then I'll have my answers. If they lose, then I know they at least have the Camp Nou to come back to. If they tie or win, then I know they're in good hands because the GOAT will be around. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Um, but I do I do think this is a straightforward tie for, for us in this case, and I hope we go through. Um, 
but I would not be surprised to get shocked a little bit in the first leg if that happens. Um, but I know... Which is... Which is- which unfortunately has, <laughs> as has <laughs> yeah, which yeah, just liable to happen for Barca, yeah. right? So yeah. the last one that I would like to get to, I have, I have a feeling I know which one it is. I have a feeling. Uh, we'll see, but, we'll but, see. But I want you to to tell me what so, it is, and I'll tell you if I'm correct. Okay, okay. So my sneaky. Kind of favorite one that I'm looking forward to is uh, is Tottenham and Leipzig. Actually, I was very incorrect then. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, let me tell you why. Right? Yes, Leipzig are not a massive, not historically massive club. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, they are literally ten years old. What? <laughs> yes, yes. They were founded 10 years ago? Yeah, yeah. They were, they were founded by, you know, Rosenball Sport. Totally not Red Bull <laughs> at all, right? You know, as long as... Which, which, if people don't know, the reason that they are even called Rosenball Sport is because in Germany, you're not... You can't have, um, basically, like, a corporation, uh, own your... Yes, own your team. Every... What is supposed to happen is every club in Germany is supposed to be owned at least 50% plus one by the supporters, which basically every team is, right? Um, well, every team is except the <laughs> Leipzig, basically, and that is the, except Leipzig, which is the reason why a lot of people in Germany actually very much hate the team, mm-hmm. hate the club a lot, actually. Um, but no, this, this matchup is really interesting to me because... Obviously, we'll have Jose Mourinho back in the Champions League, and that is always extremely entertaining. Um, not just that, though, but we'll have some great attacking talent on the Leipzig side. Timo Werner, if people do not know the name, that's actually pretty fair because they weren't even in Champions League yeah. last year. Yeah. <laughs> but, but he was still a big but, game last But season. he is Germany's number nine. He's Germany's starting striker, consistent starting striker, and um, very well might not be on Leipzig next season, but he's a great name um, to look out for. But on top of him, you have... Hopefully he will be healthy by then. Um, he's just coming back from an injury, the American Tyler Adams, who... Has been injured actually this entire season pretty much. Had a groin, had basically like a groin problem that just was nagging him the entire year. But he joined Leipzig from Newark Red Bulls last season in January when he was 19. Um, again, yes, he went from New York Red Bulls to RB Leipzig. <laughs> we went there for like, I think like 3 million pounds or something. Totally not shady whatsoever. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't even a transfer of funds. It was more of a movement of assets. Of course, yeah, 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 yeah. It really yeah a it's a transfer. subsidiary, so yeah, yeah, you're moving, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just gave him a loan. Yeah. <laughs> that will definitely be paid back. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, hopefully he'll be back by then. That's what I'll be named to look out for. Before he was, before he got injured at the end of last season, he started almost every game as a player that came in January to to he became a very important part of their team by the end of the season. So you will hopefully see him in at least one of these two legs, right? But Leipzig are on top of the Bundesliga. They're they got thirty three points, um, and they've got 
one of the best young managers in Europe. Julian, Julian, or pronounced Julian in German, German pronunciation, Julian Nagelsmann, right, who took Hoffenheim to the Champions League two years ago, and he's like 35. Yeah. So he's, he's, he, is, he is incredibly like intelligent when it comes to reading the game. I think that's his, one of his biggest traits. Like Outside of man management, outside of everything that you need to be in a good manager, you need to understand the basics of the game like the back of your hand. And he understands every part of it so concretely well, and he's been able to apply it to any team that he's been a part of, at least from what I've read and what I've seen, to the point where he can apply it to Hoffenheim and get them to the Champions League, right? To take Leipzig and put them into the knockout rounds, right? I, I can't imagine what he would do at a, excuse me, at a higher level, but... That's for, why he's been linked, he's been yeah. linked to, to Bayern before he went to Leipzig. He was, he's been linked to Arsenal. He was someone that they thought about going after a year ago, right? So... That matchup of him versus Jose Mourinho will also is one of the things that's really, really exciting for me, too, because you have this young, young... And I I actually dated him too old. He's 32 years old right now. Wow, <laughs> it's is, amazing. That is wild. Right? He, he took... He, I believe he started his managerial career when he was about 28. So, like, it's it's... It's absurd to see what he's done in his career so far. Um... He's, this is only his third season as a manager. Yeah. Like, just think about that. It's amazing. Um, and if he's been able to accomplish this in, in three years, I'm sure he has a very successful career ahead of him, no yeah, doubt. Of course. Of course. So so that's a matchup to look after, right? Um, you have the center back on Leipzig, Upe Meccano, mm-hmm. uh, the French center back who Arsenal desperately tried to buy at the end of at the end of the trans, this past transfer window. There's talent all over the team. Um, outside of Timo Werner, you have Emil Forsberg, a S- Swedish um, attacking midfielder. They're, there's great talent all along this team, and it's going to be a great matchup, I think, with Tottenham. I think talent-wise, they're actually very, very similar. Um, I think they are. I, I know you can't see this, but I'm giving Rian a stank face because I don't know about that necessarily. Um, but in terms of ceiling, maybe? Attack-wise. Attack, I should just say attack. Uh, okay. okay. I just say the attack. Maybe. I, I, I don't mean, know. Harry Kane, Timo Werner. Oh, Harry Kane's clearly better. Yeah, yeah. Well, He's no, yeah, definitely right, better. Right, right. right. Well, if you do a one-to-one comparison. I think they're pretty close. I, I, I think you, this, season, okay. this season, I think this season is very close. If you take a snapshot of three, four months, sure, maybe. No, on but, four, but it's not like this is Timo Werner's first season of doing well. <laughs> he was no, very good last. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not saying that, but I don't think Talk that he's someone who scored 16 goals in 15 games this season so far. <laughs> I I agree with you. I think that Timo Werner is a good striker. I think he's bound for a top European team very soon. But Harry Kane's been doing this for years, and I don't think you can compare that experience to someone who's been doing it for maybe a year. I think that's very different. To say that the same caliber player is bold. You need to prove it for a little bit in order to, to say that. I, I think that talent-wise, they are, they're not the same type of striker, but no. they are pretty close in terms of just <laughs> actually how yeah. well they are play- yes quality wise yeah of no, course well I guess That's all I can go off of <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to say you sit here and say like um 
fuck, who's the dude? Who's the dude? Oh, like like Adoritz is like, <laughs> like, like, oh my god, Adoritz who's so had a who's had a pretty good career. <laughs> oh, I can't say the two of Werner is close to him, dude. <laughs> like, oh, like, no, you can't because Adoritz is a piece of shit. But that's a different conversation. I I think the only way that question will be answered is to see them play against each other next year. Genuinely, and I'm not saying that for like the storyline, but I think seeing them on the field and seeing what they're capable of with their respective teams, I think will be a very good visual test of seeing what they bring to the table. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that both attacks present a very similar level of danger. Not the same type of danger, but a very similar level, right? Um, I, I just think... They're two very evenly matched teams in the end. Because at the same time you say you might say up top, Kane might be better than Werner and career he's had a better career than Timo Werner. I will not argue yeah, that. that. No doubt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but he's also older. He's also played more games than Timo Werner and, and all the other stuff that comes with that. But um but it's not like Anyone here thinks that Tottenham's defense is gonna get that much better in two months. Like no. we're seeing, like they have been getting very positive results recently, right? But I would think even the most passionate Tottenham fan would not say that they think that their defense is fixed and they think that the players that they have um, for their back line are going to, like, get better, <laughs> like, in the, within the next two months. Like, they, they've played poorly and, well, not completely poorly, but they've played at best mediocre up until this point in the season, and I don't see it getting much better because they're. We've talked about how horrible they are on the wing defensively, so that's just not going to get better <laughs> in any sense. Like no, they played, they played Jan Vertonghen at left back this weekend against Wolves, and he was just getting terrorized by the, the oh, pace, in, the pace and power maestro that is Adama Traore. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, no, I. I, I that's not an ideal situation to have so there someone there at left back <laughs> like that to have a literal center back at left back no. so that that's the thing that Jose Mourinho's trying that he has to try that out because their options there is Danny Rose and like I don't even I don't, uh, <laughs> that that's a dark timeline of time. <laughs> like if, if things go horribly then he then yeah he would end up being on like the yeah. left wing yeah. left left wing left back wing or match, something yeah. but um but no I I I think that's I, that matchup really excites me I mean obviously you'll have you have your Dortmund PSG you, you have uh, Atalanta Valencia you have two teams that probably wouldn't have expected themselves to make it to this point, um, this is Atalanta's first season in the Champions League, so yeah. so I'm sure all of this is just gravy for them too. They're making it. I'm sure their expectations were just if we could make it out of the group, that would be fantastic. And, right? and Valencia is, is back in the knockouts for the first time in a very long time. So yeah, yeah it's, especially after, I mean, after where they were two days before their first Champions League game against Chelsea, manager fired, and the players aren't didn't even talk to the media. Right, and, and from to get from that point to you know getting that shock result on the on the first day of the Champions League and bookending their Champions League campaign with two shock results, you know, winning one one nil away to Chelsea and then winning one nil away to Ajax, you know, that's a fantastic achievement for them to push through the adversity. And granted, they haven't been fantastic in La Liga; they just they haven't been. No. Um, but you know they're. 
this is like their. This is their hope. This is, yeah, this is what they're playing. This is what they're playing for this season now because they. I'm sure that the players now have a different mentality going into these Champions League games. And yeah. whether it's subliminal or not, I'm sure that they go into these Champions League games with more energy than, than the league because there's so few and far between, and they probably won't be in the competition next season. So, you know, they could, yeah, so. The, so uh, they could easily, they could, they could definitely make it past Atlanta. I'm sure both teams will feel like they have a great chance to make the quarterfinals, yeah. and um, and they'll be, they'll probably, be, they'll be not an easy out for anyone after that. But um, I, I think that that's uh, that's just a good storyline there for two teams that you know you wouldn't expect um, that would have been very happy to, to get to this point, yeah. right before the season yeah. started. Um, but outside of that, Elias. Um, I think the only thing one we hadn't really talked about much was Leon Juventus, but you know, obviously we, the pie the pie out for this out the season is going to make it really tough for them. Yeah, I think this is this is Dybala's time to shine, and and he's been playing really well the last month or so, which, yeah. which makes you really fucking wonder why the hell were they like, okay <laughs> with go. letting him go? That made it, that that was the only reason oh. over the summer I was like, there's no way he's going to Tottenham because at some point. Someone's just gonna like. Someone in the Juventus world is just gonna be like, "What the fuck are we thinking? <laughs> like, are we actually about to like sell this dude? Like, for, for no reason, they had literally no reason, no reason to. Like, like, are we about to let Sorry come in and just and, and and just let go? Based literally our the jewel of our club right now. Like, the, like we're about to just do the Pogba thing without it, the person actually wanting to leave. Like, yeah, like, even, like, just let let this j- almost. Transcendent talent who's who's still so young and actually wants to be here. Like just let him go because we don't feel like having him because because we paid too much money for Ronaldo. Like basically, yeah. No, that would have been a dumb move. But I think this is genuinely Dybala's season to shine, and I think this could be a great opportunity for him to to show that he is the type of player that Juve need to carry them into the future. Because obviously Ronaldo's not going to be that player; he's not going to be there for much longer. But Dybala could be, and he could be a staple of the club for the next five to seven years at the, at the least so um, I think this could be a very good opportunity for him specifically um, and you know it's, it never hurts when Iguain gets some get some steps in loses some <laughs> some body fat that, that always helps just a, he's just a different player at Juventus <laughs> he's just a different player under sorry it's, it's yeah. actually kind of amazing yeah, and I mean, like I said, a couple kilos off, and he could really be killing it. But he is actually doing decently well as well this season. But with with that, um, that kind of wraps up the round of sixteen talk. We didn't really get to talk about Dortmund PSG, but Dortmund have been kind of poopy, and uh, yeah. PSG have not. So <laughs> I mean, it should be entertaining just because all the attacking talent that'll be on the pitch. But yeah, it's been a disappointing season. Domestically for Dortmund, but they still find themselves only four points off first. So you know, there's they still they still have got a great chance to actually win the Bundesliga with with all the turmoil around Jaden Sancho and just really really looking pedestrian for like half of these Champions League matches, right? And disappointing the hell out of it. 
people like me who thought that they might win the uh, Bundesliga this season, but they still have a great chance to do that, even with everything that has happened. There's still a lot of the season to go, and we'll see exactly how that turns out. But that- Of course, I do want to just shout out PSG just for a little bit, because they've had Icardi starting. Cavani is just kind of out. <laughs> like, he's, he's just not starting. He's just not starting. Because um, the card has been fantastic for them. And Neymar has gone back. And, I mean, odds are he'll probably be injured by the time these matches come around. Oh, did you see the um, the second leg of the Dortmund PSG game? It's on his sister's birthday. So he's definitely going to be injured. It's not He's not going to be there. <laughs> yeah, so, so who knows? But, you know, this is a great opportunity for them for uh, – Again, a season where we feel like no one is unbeatable. Um, I, I would think that I feel like my slight favorite we, is probably Liverpool right now, just to be safe because they're the holders and they've been the best. They've been the most convincing team in their domestic league of any team right now who's in this last 16 they've been the most convincing domestically and most consistent in terms of getting results so they're my slight favorite I still think that by the time February comes around we'll probably see Laporte back so I would if Laporte is back and healthy and Pep doesn't have to uh, play Fernandinho at center back, which he might still decide to do it anyway when he comes back, honestly. But I still think at their healthiest, I would still take think that City's my slight favorite. But just on the basis of how everything has been going and the fact that we don't know if Laporte will be completely healthy for these games for at least the... Um, for at least the, the round of 16 and that's not going to be a cakewalk like it usually is for City every fucking year when the <laughs> round of 16 comes in I, I honestly am stunned that, I mean in past years they would have been lucky enough to not have Atalanta in their group and probably drawn them in the round of 16 so that that is basically the only reason why they didn't end up um, getting a super easy draw I mean, they could have easily gotten Leon, and that would have been just about <laughs> right for how it's gone in the past for them. But, um, but no, that, I mean, that's going to be an extremely tough matchup for them, and especially if Laporte is not healthy in that. So, favorite for me right now, I will say Liverpool just slightly ahead of City. Elias. My, my favorite might surprise you. It's not going to be Barcelona. I'm just going to say that now. Uh, that would surprise me. <laughs> I, I know it would be, but they're definitely not. My favorite right now, uh, in, in December, right? Not mm-hmm. in February. PSG. I think... <laughs> I well, think... I mean, sure... Go on. I, I, well, here's what I was going to say. On form right now, they're looking really, really strong. Yeah. I think with Cardi, they've looked more fluid. I think that... From the midfield, they've looked uh, better. Not not amazing. Uh, I really like them. I think this is the f- this is the first time I can remember in the last few years that their midfield makes a lot of makes like actual sense, like yeah. logically. Yes. Um, because like we saw it in the in the first Madrid game, and Marquinhos sitting holding, and then you and then how well Idrissa Gay and Verratti played together. I think their, I think their midfield is 
the best it's been just in terms of you know uh, functionality the best in the, in in their last like few years because obviously they've had years where they're like Rabio is a technically better player than than Idrissa Gay yeah. but that combination did not work out very well right with him and Verratti and right. and then they they had years where they had Thiago Mota back mm-hmm. there so they're the midfield has a lot more uh, athleticism like they're super athletic and I really I really like it but yeah. but you know. Uh, I, I like I like this PSG pick. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's crazy. Convince me, Alex. I, I, here's the reason why. On form, they've been fantastic recently. But I think when you have a striker that you talk about, how you know how Firmino for Liverpool is somewhat unselfish, mm-hmm. right? He is the the quote unquote unselfish player in the team that is willing to sacrifice for the team, if you will, positionally. Um, he's I think a Cardi is that. But can still score goals. Yeah. Right. He he can he can sacrifice and, and step out of the position or out of the landscape, both off the field and on the field, and allow Neymar and Mbappe to do their thing. Because when those two combine from their respective positions, whether it's on the wing or Neymar in a ten position, they they have a very special connection. Like statistically, they have a very special yeah. connection. Yeah, but on the field, you can see that they know exactly where each other are going to be, and they obviously have the technical quality to do that. So, I think that alone can get them decently far this year. And if they're able to maybe get a favorable tie here or there along the way, assuming they get past Dortmund, then I think this could be their their run that they finally have won it for so long. Yeah, they just, I mean, it's, with them, a lot of it's just mentality. They just, they've put themselves in very good positions to go deep into the Champions League. And, you know, nothing typifies them more than, that matchup with United last season where every goal United scored was an absolute gift. You had to do so little to lose that game, right? And, and, And it was just simple mistakes. Like, uncharacteristic, like one of them, Buffon, giving up a massive rebound. You know, the game started, they literally passed it to Lukaku in the back, <laughs> and he just finished it, right? Lukaku, uh, too. Not <laughs> right. And, and then and then you had the horrible rebound by, by Buffon, and then obviously you had the worst handball I've ever seen called in my entire life for, for United's third goal, and that was it, and they were out, right? Yeah. It's, it's just... They crumble and it doesn't really matter where they are sometimes too, whether they're home or away, right? So it's all about whether whether they're just gonna be able to make it over the hump, right? And and you don't you don't know if, if any team is ready to do that until they do it pretty much, right? That's the only way to know. You, you don't know until they do it. And the hope is that these guys have played in this competition for, what is this, seven years now? Seven straight seasons, eight straight seasons that they've been in this stage, um, the knockout stages of this competition. They have the talent to win it. Like they, There's no denying that. Um, in past years, you could have said that they ultimately, as a team, did not fit together, but this is the year they actually fit. The fit is more natural than um, in past years. It's all about whether... They're able to just put it together, like I think mentally. Honestly. And I think that this could be their year, like I said, because they have the, the 
personnel to do that and they have the quality as they always have pretty much for the last several years so i think that that's my that's my pick for favorite right now but come february this could all totally change so we never know but with that being said that concludes this episode on the podcast and as always remember to subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify and soundcloud with that we'll come back with another pod later in the week discussing some of the other league games and other pretty much major news from around europe and we'll even talk a couple of managerial changes and see if they actually make them come later in the week so with that this is elias signing off take care guys thanks guys